Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Hello, happy Friday. Welcome to the show. It is a Friday. It's episode 429. Shane and Jack with you for the next couple of hours. Getting ready to hand you off to the weekend. If you want to be a part of the show, you're always welcome. You can call us on the hotline. That's 316-669-4996. You can text us on the, you guessed it, text line. 316-247-0923. You can tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3, 92.3 FM, ESPNWitch.com. So you can stream at work, for example, on your laptop, on your tablet. You can follow us on Twitter, be our friends on Facebook, and you can also go to ESPNWitch.com for the podcasts of this show and everything you hear. Basically, it's a live programming, the uh, local programming on ESPN Wichita 92.3. ESPNWichita.com is where you can go to re-listen to a cool segment, or just in case you missed the segment, you can listen to it for the first time. After the fact, ESPNWichita.com, the Border Patrol, this show, the Pulse, the program, all that good stuff. ESPNWichita.com. It is February 24th, Wichita heading for a high today of 38 degrees. All right, today we will have the usual fun and frivolities on a Friday. We need to look back on that entertaining, but if you're a Shocker fan, disappointing game against Memphis. 83-78, your final last night, bad guys. Win that one. We'll talk about that. And the curious 
minutes decision for Shocker bench players that continues to confound and confuse and totally mess us all up of those that think we got a handle on the rotation off the bench. Uh, we've got our story of the week. has to do with Wichita State coaches and administrators getting paid not to be here anymore. That's coming up at uh, 1225-ish, somewhere in there. Story of the week brought to you by Derby Mattress. They're at 105 South Baltimore. Twitter question has to do with the Royals. That will please Jack. No question about that. Headlines, 1 o'clock. And we're also going to check in with Thor Nystrom, as promised, college football slash NFL draft analyst. Who should the Chiefs take at 31 and 63, position-wise and people-wise? We'll talk to our good friend Thor Nystrom. He was at Senior Bowl, so we'll ask him about Senior Bowl studs, risers, fallers. And he is a really good follow on Twitter. He's a KU guy. He's a Vikings guy, so if you're into that. But he's super smart when it comes to prospects coming out of the college ranks and into the NFL draft. So we'll check in with him, hour number two, and play on old Jack's Young, then hand you off to Pat in the Pulse. He'll take you from two to four. All right, there's your show today. We've got a story of the week in the first hour. We've got Thor Nystrom in the second hour. And you can be a part of it by texting us or calling us. Feel free. Here's Jack Johnson with our moment of levity. Hello, Jack. Hello, Shane. My parents raised me as an only child which really pissed off my sister. (laughs) Eh, that's your best. Oh, another one? If you think you can improve on it. What did the Titanic say as it sank? See, I already like this one better. Um, No, I don't know. What? I'm nominating all passengers for the ice bucket challenge. (laughs) Much better. You, You elected to go with the only child one, though. That's a choice. February 24th, National Tortilla Chip Day. It's also National Skip the Straw Day. Marvin Stone invented the first paper straw in 1888. But he might be shocked to know of the five large areas of the ocean where plastic garbage collects, the sea's currents create vortexes trapping plastics, and in the collection are plastic drinking straws. So, today, skip the straw. Also today, because it's the Friday after Lent begins, National Tartar Sauce Day, for those of you eating fish. And tomorrow, we don't have a show, because we don't do shows on Saturday most of the time. We will be missing out on, or won't totally acknowledge and embrace, National Clam uh, Clam Chowder Day and National Chocolate Covered Nut Day. That's tomorrow. That's the 25th. February 24th, in celebrated history... 1992, Eric Clapton wins six Grammys, won both Album and Record of the Year. 
for Tears in Heaven. I'm not sure what the difference is, but that's okay. Other nominees in those categories of the six Grammys that Eric Clapton took home. Billy Ray Cyrus, Celine Dion, Peebo Bryson, K.D. Lang, and Vanessa Williams. Birthdays. Winslow Homer, 1836. He was a painter, best known for his seaside paintings. Chester Nimitz, 1885. He commanded the Pacific Fleet during World War II. Harry Truman dubbed Nimitz and Douglas MacArthur to accept Japan's formal surrender. Born on this day, no longer with us, Chester Nimitz. 1955, Steve Jobs. 1956, Paula Zahn. For more than four decades, award-winning journalist, primetime TV host. And also, Stella Young, born on this day, now dead, a journalist, comedian, and disability advocate. She died at the age of 32 back in 2014. Last night, Wichita State fell short against Memphis in yet another high-scoring affair between the two. And before I get to the nuts and bolts of the actual game itself, I mentioned something at about this time yesterday about the total. Uh, Vegas, I'm talking about here, of course. Uh, it was in the upper 140s. It was like 148. And yet the statistics would absolutely belie the fact that Vegas had the audacity to put the total at 148. And Memphis was a two-point favorite, by the way, that eventually got up to three and a half. And, of course, they won by five. But anyway, two top 30 teams defensively going at one another as far as field goal percentage defense. And yet Vegas set the total at 148. And I'll be perfectly frank with you here. Uh, you can't place a DraftKings wager where I am in Utah. State uh, hasn't adopted sports wagering. But if I could, I would have taken the under of 148. Simply because the numbers just scream under 148. Well... They pretty much sailed by that, 83-78. It was 40-40 to at halftime. Memphis ends up shooting 55% for the, for the game, a high against Wichita State this season. And really the difference in the game for three-quarters of the game was three-point shooting. Memphis was good at it, and Wichita State wasn't. And then by the end of the game, last five or so minutes, free throws were the difference in the game. Memphis wasn't great, but just pure volume had them outscore Wichita State by eight at the line. They made 16, Wichita State only made eight. And there were some questionable calls and no calls at the end. There's no doubt about that. Craig Porter Jr. took a elbow to the chops that the officials – Determined it was just a basketball move by a Memphis player. I think it was Kendrick Davis. It was either him or um, 
him or uh, Franklin. I, I forget which. But anyway, uh, the official in question said that the Memphis player was simply pivoting or swinging the ball to try to get away from Craig Porter, who was right up in his grill. But that was uh, if that were to been a flagrant, certainly would have certainly give Wichita State another chance at a couple of free throws. Um, could have changed the tenor of the game. But anyway, the bottom line is Wichita State didn't guard well enough to beat Memphis and dropped a, yet another home game. In a game that, if you didn't care who won, was pretty entertaining. It was up and down. Uh, there were 16 lead changes, I think. Uh, but Chalker fans certainly won't see it that way, nor should they, because Wichita State's now 2-6 and six in American Conference games at home. Davis had 19 points, DeAndre Williams 18, 9 of 19 from 3, and plus 8 at the free throw line from Memphis. And Wichita State, again, couldn't throw it in the ocean from three. They had 27 attempts, made only six. And Jerron Pierre Jr. was kind of the hero of the second half, while James Rojas was a, was the hero of the first. And foul trouble in the second half, sidelined. James Rojas for a lot of it. He didn't score any in the second half. Jerron Pierre Jr. didn't score any in the first half, but 15 in the second, including three three-pointers. He was three out of ten from three-point range. But Wichita State only 22.2% altogether. They did shoot 50% from the floor in the second half and a very respectable 48% for the game. Again, I don't know how Vegas does it because when that was 0-0, zero to zero, that screamed under to me. But they went up and down and scored points by the bushel. Both teams did. But Wichita State falls five points short. Isaiah Porter Chandler, four block shots. Craig Porter Jr. had five steals. Wichita State had 12 steals. The, a lot of these uh, stats favor Wichita State, and you would think, all right, had a chance to win the game. 12 steals to only two for Memphis. And Wichita State only turned it over seven times. And Memphis only had four points off seven Wichita State turnovers. Shockers had more offensive rebounds. Porter had the four blocks. Jaquan Walton had 14 points, played all 40 minutes. But in the end, Memphis made the plays down the stretch. Wichita State just kind of ran out of gas and couldn't keep up in a high-scoring affair, 83-78. to 78. Wichita State started Melvion Flanagan, played 16 minutes, only had three points, forced up a couple of ill-advised threes in his first couple of shots in the game. Uh, Walton. Overall, played pretty well, as I mentioned, playing all 40 minutes. Six assists for Jaquan Walton to go with those 14 points. Oddly, Isaac Abide, DNP coach's decision, 
somewhat oddly, Melvion Flanagan starts 16 minutes. Shema Scott didn't play at all again. Multiple DNP coaches' decisions for who he thought was the backup point guard-ish. Didn't play at all. And Xavier Bell barely played. Three points, or I'm sorry, three minutes, and didn't register a stat in those three three minutes. Kenny Poto, a little quiet, but they double-teamed him every time he touched it. And he ends up with eight points, four rebounds. Again, it was pretty much the James Rojas show in the first half, the Jerron Pierre Jr. show in the second half, and just couldn't get enough stops as Memphis pulls away and wins at 83-78. I don't get the, and I'm not the only one, I don't get the rotation and the minutes and the method to the madness. Now, it's not as if I'm owed or we're owed any explanation of the rhyme or reason why Isaac Abide can get 30 minutes in one game a couple of games ago and not play at all, unless there's something wrong with him. And if there was, uh, forgive me. But Xavier Bell, only three minutes. And Wichita State has really shrunk its bench at this point in the year. A lot of teams do. They're not the only ones, but to not even play Isaac Abide and to play Gus Okafor 15 minutes, including in the first half, where he's been a DNP coach's decision in favor of Isaac Abide. And the the thinking was, by some, that Isaac Abide is going to be a part of this program going forward. Gus Okafor is not, since he's a senior. And so... Without coming out and saying it, it was kind of a passing of the torch a little bit. Okay, let's see what we got from Isaac Abide going forward. And Gus Okafor kind of gets, unfortunately for him, left holding the bag. Um, but he plays 15 minutes last night. Not a ton of minutes, but 15. And actually made an appearance in that first half. He had two points, two rebounds, one assist. And Abide didn't play at all, along with Shema Scott. And Xavier Bell, only those three minutes at the end of the first half. So good luck trying to figure out the rotation and the minutes and how they go around. Now, I'm sure Isaac Brown will say practice dictates the minutes that you get. And if that's the case, if we're going from one practice to the next, then God bless you. If that's the way you want to dole out the minutes. Um, if Isaac Abidia is banged up, if Shema Scott and Xavier Bell are banged up, you don't have to tell us necessarily. This isn't professional sports. And if their attitude or their practice habits have been subpar, then by all means, coach however you like. But it's kind of jarring to see Isaac Abide get a lot of meaningful minutes within the last couple of games and none in a track meet last night. But yet here we are. So, the first leg of the Baton Death March for Wichita State men's basketball, uh, to borrow a historic phrase, goes to Memphis. The next one coming up will be a trip to New Orleans to take on Tulane. That's on Sunday, and then next, next Thursday they'll go to Houston. 
So the Shockers now at seven and eight in the conference, fourteen and thirteen overall. Couldn't pay off a great first half by James Rojas, who, by the way, had 19 points in the first half. That tied a career high, 19 points. But foul trouble and a little more attention in the second half kept him from scoring in half number two. Porter has now had at least six assists in each of the last five games, which is the longest streak by a WSU player since Ziggy McKee back in the 90s did it in each of the last five games of his Shocker career. And a little bit of minutia here, but impressive nonetheless. Craig Porter Jr. is only the second player in AAC history to finish with at least five steals, seven assists, and zero turnovers in a game. That's him last night. Kendrick Davis was the other, who's playing for Memphis now. Playing for SMU then. Had 13 assists and six steals and no turnovers in a game back in 2020. Rojas was 7 out of 7 in the first half. That matched Trey Wade's 7 for 7 in a game in, a, in the first half against Temple back in 2020. Rojas and Wade in rarefied air, 7 for 7 in the first half. Only two guys do that in the last 25 years. So Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, ESPNU, Shockers in Tulane, and... Thursday at 6 on ESPN2. Those are the next two games for Wichita State. Then they'll come back home on March the 5th. That's Sunday. They'll play a 1 o'clock game against USF on a very, very busy day for Shocker Sports on that day. I think pretty much every sport that's up and going in the spring plays that day. So, anyway, uh, Shockers... Falls short in an entertaining game if you didn't care who won or lost, but a disappointing effort defensively in which Memphis really was above 50% for the entire game and ended up 54.7. They also shot exactly 50% in the second half. And really the three-point shooting in the first half was a big difference, although the Shockers made it up with two-point baskets and offensive rebounding. 40-40 40 to 40 was the score at halftime. But nine made threes on only 19 attempts for Memphis. Took Wichita State 27 attempts to get six down as their three-point shooting continues to be one of the poorest in the nation. 83-78, your final last night at the old roundhouse. Speaking of Wichita State, shocker coaches and administrators, the topic of my story of the week It's by Derby Mattress. We have it every Friday. Call it our story of the week. Derby Mattress is at 105 South Baltimore. Their everyday prices beat the sale prices of big box stores. See for yourself at Derby Mattress. Make short drive south down 105 South Baltimore. It was announced Wednesday afternoon that Wichita State had reached a settlement with former baseball coach Eric Wedge. So that now puts three people still on the payroll, but no longer employed by Wichita State. What does it mean money-wise? How much is owed to people no longer on the staff? 
and what might happen in the future. We'll take a look at that when we come back as our story of the week. Also, Twitter question coming up. It's spring training opening day for the Royals. So they are the topic of the Twitter question. Headlines coming up at 1. And we'll talk a little college football prospect talk with Thor Nystrom, NFL draft analyst. We'll discuss who the Chiefs might have their eyes on in rounds one and two. And then we will have another edition of I'm Old Jacks Young, February 24th style, a little bit later on in hour number two. Glad you could join us. Happy Friday, everybody. When we come back, our story of the week, it's 1223. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with a great deal on Michelob Ultra 24-packs, just $24.99. And don't forget about Jack Daniels Black 1.75 liters, only $42.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! 
Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the Wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Saturday, Kansas State faces Oklahoma State. Hear the tip-off at 1 on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Friday, everybody. To all who celebrate, happy Friday. Happy weekend. Jack Johnson alongside. Jane Dennis Show continues at 1227. It's time for our Derby Mattress Story of the Week. And it was announced on Wednesday afternoon, I believe it was, that there was a mutual separation between WSU and Eric Wedge. And it had been finalized with a financial settlement. It was announced, due in large part, in my humble opinion, because Taylor Eldridge is a bloodhound, and through the Kansas Open Records Act, or uh, the agreement through a Kansas Open Records request, would have been hunted down by Taylor Eldridge one way or the other, the super sleuth for Kansas.com and beat reporter for Wichita State from the Wichita Eagle. But anyway, there was a a statement that was released a couple of days ago that stated that there had been a financial settlement agreed upon by the two parties. The total is $675,000. Over the next 10 months, which is about half of what was left on his contract, complicated a little more by him signing a two-year contract extension in the fall of 2021. Then there was the focus on personal health-related matters in October. And then in the winter, it was announced that he would not return as head coach. There was a statement that was released yesterday as well, or uh, Wednesday, sorry, that read, Wichita State is appreciative of Wedge's contributions to its baseball program, both as an athlete and a coach, and looks forward to his future career in baseball. Wedge, 2007 Manager of the Year as head coach of the Cleveland Indians, has indicated he is healthy and feeling well, and he anticipates returning to professional baseball. Wichita State wishes him well, unquote. Now, for all of those that were wondering why the original statement was so short, curt, and perceived by some as cold, now we know why, because... If you kind of connect some dots and read the Kansas Open Records deal, you discover that as part of the agreement, uh, there will be, uh, with the settlement, 
wedges it agreed to release any claims he had against the university and gives up the right to pursue further financial compensation. So the, in other words, if there was a flowery send-off by Wichita State, as far as the statement is concerned, and Wedge didn't get his money, then litigation could, at that point, come into play. Uh, as far as, for those of you wanting to know, wanting some more information of why he stepped away and then ultimately stepped away for good, too bad. Section 10, paragraph B reads, quote, Wedge agrees the discussions between the parties leading to the agreement and the events that result in Wedge's separation from WSU are strictly and for and shall forever remain confidential, unquote. The agreement also states that WSU's financial package is in no way an admission of liability, and if Wedge breaches the terms of the agreement, he must return 60% of the financial consideration received, or approximately $405,000. Again, this is through the Kansas Open Records via the Wichita Eagle. A great job, of course, as usual, by Taylor Eldridge, good friend of the station, friend of the Pulse. And an article up on Kansas.com pretty much spelling out all the financials of not only Eric Wedge, but also interim head coach Lauren Hibbs, who has a bunch of incentives, and he got a pay raise as well to go from Dobo to head coach. All that being said, that now brings us to the total number of people, coaches and otherwise, that are still on the hook financially and responsible for Wichita State to continue to pay people that are no longer employed by Wichita State. So now we have Eric Wedge is owed $675,000. Greg Marshall owed $4.7 million. And Darren Boatwright owed $92,000. So overall, with those three guys, WSU is on the hook for nearly $8.5 million. And they've already shelled out $3 million. So for those that are wondering aloud if Isaac Brown's days are numbered or Keitha Adams' days are numbered or really anybody else, you at least have to kick around the idea of, okay, so with $3 million already shelled out, five-ish million left, and a really hefty buyout of Isaac Brown's remaining years, you're looking at, give or take, $9 million that the athletic department is going to have to come up with if they do choose at the end of this season to part ways with Isaac Brown and find a new head basketball coach. $9 million. To say nothing of the weight room renovations that we've heard quite a bit about, 
Shocker fans anyway, lately, because of Fred Van Vliet's pretty sizable donation uh, monetarily to renovate the weight room. But that total cost, as far as I was led to believe, is around a million dollars. The softball complex that we heard a lot about a month or so ago, which from start to finish, when it's all said and done, was going to cost $17 million, give or take. You also need to take into account the Cessna Stadium demolition, which I heard before the pandemic the pandemic was going to happen then. But then that was kind of put on hold when COVID hit. That was about a million dollars just to just to uh, knock that place down. And they're going to eventually do it in phases now, starting with the east side bleachers or east side of the stadium. But anyway, at the time, who knows what it is now, at the time it was around a million dollars just to knock that place down. So you're talking about all things considered, if all those things eventually happen, not even counting women's basketball, if they make a change, or what happens with baseball this time next year, or not even this time next year, but June or July, where Kevin Saul's got to make a decision on what to do with the current coaching staff, and you need a crystal ball to determine that. But we've kind of been here before with Isaac Brown, who was the interim head coach after Marshall left. But all that being said, by my math, without even considering baseball or women's basketball, if you move on from Isaac Brown, and I'm not trying to shoo him out the door, but some people want to, if you do, you got to come up with $28 million altogether. If everything's going to happen, the Cessna demolition, softball complex, the weight room, a buyout of Isaac Brown, which is $4 million, and the $5 million tab that Wichita State has left paying Darren Boatwright, Greg Marshall, and Eric Wedge, that's what it pretty much boils down to. And I've been led to believe, and I have no reason to believe otherwise, that in the midst of the pandemic and attendance being down during basketball games and a combination of a lot of things, Wichita State's athletic department's pretty strapped for cash. Not hard to fathom, not hard to believe. I'm sure you're all nodding your heads out there. Yeah, of course they are. Well, you got $4.7 million that you still owe Greg Marshall, $92,307 that you still owe Darren Boatwright, and now $675,000 that you owe Eric Wedge, and whatever else move you want to make. Now, I've listened to arguments of why Isaac Brown should stay or go. That's kind of immaterial here. Because if indeed the vocal majority went out and Wichita State moves on from Isaac Brown, you can tack $4 million onto the ledger. So if there's one guy out there or a couple of guys out there that are willing to write a check for that kind of money or have already that I'm not aware of, then I guess this isn't a big deal. 
and I know there's a good amount of money in Wichita, but when you're talking about all the things I just said, plus NIL, which we all believe to be very important to student-athletes in 2023 and beyond, Wichita State's athletic department is in a real bind here. Because if you want all the money for all that stuff, the settlements for three guys, a buyout, a renovation, two of them actually, and a demolition, that's having your hand out a lot. Or a gigantic handout once. If there's somebody out there in Wichita and that's got $28 million lying around. So not that it's impossible, and if it's already happened and it's already in the works, then okay. But before you scream for somebody's head, think about the numbers that you got to, well, you need a calculator for all that stuff. I did. Between three guys still being paid, a buyout, and all those renovations. And, although this is kind of secondary, and the texture just kind of brought it up, to me this is secondary. Hiring the new coach, if you move on from men's basketball and their staff, there are, I don't want to say cheap, <laughs> I guess I'm looking for the right word, there are uh, inexpensive coaches to be had out there, you see it all the time, that turn into successful head coaches so you don't necessarily have to go after rick patino or chris beard and pay them millions and millions of dollars but you do have to you know tack that onto the ledger too a new head coach and his new staff or her in whatever case whenever you try to whenever you decide to move on from a head coach regardless of sport and that is just kind of built in and baked into all this but those are the numbers they're staggering and that is uh, $5 million, even with Wichita State's current head coach. But $5 million you're on the hook for, and $19 million that don't have anything to do with head coaches or coaching staffs. So there you're up to date. Uh, talk amongst yourselves if you really want to start firing people because attendance is down and they haven't won as many games as you would have liked. I'll, I'll listen to the argument. I, I don't think it's, uh, it's out of out of bounds to want a new coach coaching staff for any sport but this is the eight ball that wichita state is behind that's undisputed there are cold hard dollar figures that i laid out for you so if you want to move on from any head coach that's what the bind and the situation that you got to consider wichita state's athletic department is in right now in 2023 there's my story of the week it's brought to you by derby mattress jack i'm gonna guess yours is a lot more light-hearted or at least i hope it is it is a little bit more light-hearted and it involves aaron Rodgers and his wilderness retreat or, or dark cave <laughs> retreat whatever you want to call it and yeah. i think it's pretty fascinating of what it all entails and what he had to do and where this structure was so if you were not a hundred percent informed on what this retreat was for Aaron Rodgers where he went to the darkness retreat at Sky Cave on Wednesday according to Scott Berman who owns the facility Oregon somewhere right Southern Oregon yes okay 
And this is according to Scott Berman, who owns a facility on hundreds of acres of forested land in southern Oregon. The quarterback, who has played his entire 18-year NFL career for Green Bay, hasn't said whether he's playing in 2023, but hoped the retreat would clear his mind of where he is at uh, in life. So according to Berman, the room is only 300 square feet, uh, devoid of light with a queen bed, a bathroom, and meditation-like mat on the floor. It is fully powered, so at any point the lights can be turned on from inside the room. Uh, The retreat has three dark rooms and is booked for the next 18 months, Berman said, with a wait list in the hundreds. Seven more rooms are planned to help accommodate the demand. The retreating into the darkness is a spiritual practice thousands of years old with origins throughout India, China, and Tibet. The Sky Cave website traces the roots of darkness retreats to various ancient practices and rituals. Some medical benefits are possible, yet it states that those benefits are not scientifically proven. Aaron Rodgers was there on Wednesday and I believe left, I want to say it was, or emerged on Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, he's been there for, yeah. for I think, about a week or something yeah. like that. Um, but Aaron Rodgers went in with the mentality of maybe finding a better spot or a better idea of what he's going to do moving forward. But I think it also, I also am looking at a picture right now of what this little structure looks like. It looks like a little hobbit home. Uh, uh-huh. It's basically on the side of this hill. It's got a tiny wooden door that he would have to probably crawl through to get wow. down into the, the sky cave. Um, but it is, say, according to this ESPN article, that at the Sky Cave, the entire experience is mostly self-guided. There is no hard and fast rule that guests must remain in the dark at all times. Everyone is invited to walk in the woods, and if the need arises, turn on the lights if the feeling is too much, or just leave. <laughs> the door remains unlocked and ready to open. Wow. They also have no concept of the day. Uh, they just know that they're given two meals a day with no interaction. It's just put at the door. I um, believe there's no clocks anywhere. No clocks. They they have yep. no concept of time. And from what we know, Aaron Rodgers was in there for quite some time and had no idea of, of what was going on. And I think the one thing is, though, that we'll never know is how serious he was in there. You know, did he just go in there and have his phone or whatnot? I know it says technology is not allowed, but who knows? Maybe he could pay a little extra more money to say, hey, I just want to be in here for a week. But I also couldn't stay in a 300-square-foot little hole for for a week at a time, but if he did go, go with the full practice of it, with no lights in there, a yoga mat on the floor, you're meditating, you're eating twice a day, <laughs> man, I I don't know. I don't know where the switch flipped for Aaron Rodgers to sort of turn into this spiritual being, uh-huh. yeah. but hey, I mean, if it works for him, if he likes it, I, there's no judgment from my end. I just think it's like, wow, you go back to what, uh, 2000 and eight or nine like who could have predict predicted that 14 15 years later this would be who Aaron Rodgers is and keeping everybody on pins and needles waiting to see where he wants to go play football or if he's gonna keep playing football he may retire and I think you know that that'll be what we remember about Aaron Rodgers just kind of this unbelievable talent uh, for sure I think a future Hall of Famer but of how odd he will be you know, I think in like 20, 30 years when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, I always find it fascinating when I'll ask my parents or grandpa or uncle, uh, people that had watched football or baseball in the 70s and 80s, and you always are more intrigued when you find out they're like, yeah, he was uh, he was a bit of a weird guy. Right, <laughs> he, right. And you go, well, what made him weird? And that sometimes it's, oh, he had 
you know, off-field troubles. He did this. He was kind of a jerk. He was standoffish. You know, like I think with people, Zach, people would be talking about Gr- Zach Greinke. Yes, that I was just bit. about to say Zach Greinke. Yep. People are gonna go, he was just a, a little bit of an oddball, but he embraced it. And I think with Aaron Rodgers, the difference is is that Aaron Rodgers at one point was the best quarterback in football, and now he's doing you know little spiritual retreats into hobbit holes and being in the dark for for a week at a time, hoping to find a better sense of what he's going to do. But he also said, like, you know, this is what Aaron Rodgers actually had to say on the Pat McAfee show, which I found was interesting. He said, quote, I think we could all use a dose of turning off our phones at once in a while, or excuse me, turning our phones off once in a while and unplugging from society. Some people don't want to do a few days and nights of darkness, and that's fine. Rodgers recently said on the Pat McAfee show. But to out and out judge it like you have any understanding of it, that's not an exactly way to come together as a society and connect better as people. And I actually would agree with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. on that because the common perception will be they're going to make fun of him because he does this. So, yeah. But, yeah, if you have no idea what the, what the gist of it is, like, you can't really uh, be as accepting in society. And, you know, it's, it's funny, Shane, because – in today's world, right, it's all about acceptance and, and, you know, anybody from any walks of life or or what they do. And then with Aaron Rodgers, sometimes it's like, no, whatever he does is weird and it's stupid. And there's no yeah. way that he's being serious about it. Well, you know, it's just that's Aaron Rodgers, right? He has every right to do that. And there's probably 90% of people on this earth that have no idea what this is all about. And if it really helps him, like, why the hell not keep doing it? Everybody else has their own rituals and certain things they do in their everyday life or every once, maybe once in a month or once every couple of weeks that sort of clears their mind or gives them a sense of ease. Like, if this helps Aaron Rodgers get a sense of ease or, you know, it calms him down or it gives him a better picture of his future outlook, who are we to judge, right? But, There's a whole lot worse things you can do with your time than what he did, for sure. And he's also, like, not the first guy to be kind of weird with, yeah. with his offs. And, uh, okay, I just said not to judge, and I just called him weird, but yeah, uh, out of the ordinary, right? Not yeah. every single NFL player does this. And, and you know, for Aaron Rodgers, I kind of like it. I like how it's this this mysterious, you know, we're all waiting. It's like, it's almost like Punxsutawney Phil, right? When is he going to emerge? Yeah. Is he going to see his shadow? Is he going to be... What's he going to say when he comes out? <laughs> a Raiders logo yeah. or a Jets logo or a Packers logo? <laughs> like, what's going to what's gonna happen? We see Aaron Rodgers, and, and that, to me, is almost more entertaining than, like, the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. <laughs> Because oh, yes. This is more far. theatrical. This yeah. is it's not contract disputes. It's it's really is Aaron Rodgers going to continue to play football for Green Bay? Is he going to continue to play football at all? I love the weirdness. You know, I, I always say this with the NFL is that it gives the best storylines in sports. Like, and I'm a big baseball guy. You're a big baseball guy. Baseball is my favorite sport. But the NFL is like cinema to me because you oh, yeah. have these characters in the sport that make it worthwhile, make it worth watching. And Aaron Rodgers is really good. And he's so different than any other quarterback in the NFL. Like Patrick Mahomes, he, he is nowhere close to the same, uh, you know, personality as Patrick Mahomes. And in fact, there's no quarterback that's even remotely close to Aaron Rodgers. I would probably say, like, hell, <laughs> I, Ryan Fitzpatrick is like the closest one to maybe Aaron Rodgers, just kind of being this out of the ordinary, kind of different quarterback and. Not even on the same wavelength is Aaron Rodgers. I think Jake Plummer was. Jake Plummer, yeah, like living in the van or something like that. So it's yeah, yeah. it's it makes the sport better. And I know some people are going to hate Aaron Rodgers because he's standoffish or he's abrasive to the media. That's just him, and that makes the sport better. And people don't always want to admit that. Like Tom Brady, I've never liked him, but he makes the sport better, or he made the sport better because it gave you a villain. You know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. No, kind of in this new age of the NFL. 
there's not really a guy that I think truly stands out as being that oddball a little bit. And I'm kind of hoping there is one that turns into an oddball. Like, these are all such likable guys. Sometimes you need the guy that's the villain, a Tom Brady, or you need the guy that's really good, but also, like, doesn't, I think, care about the the offseason stuff. You know, like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers goes into the offseason saying, hey, I need to show up at the facility now. I want to work with all my teammates. The Russell Wilson type of guy. Yeah. No, I think Aaron's like, I could win an MVP and go on my wilderness retreats or take some sort of, you know, psychedelic type thing or something yeah. that you could just ingest into your body and kind of go away off and be on your own. Like he's, he's an outcast. Like he likes to be on his own. And, and you know what? That makes it so much better in the NFL. And I was fascinated reading this story because it's not like Aaron Rodgers is this backup quarterback in New York for Daniel yeah. Jones. Like this is a guy that won back-to-back MVPs and he's yeah. just a fantastic oddball, and I love it. And I, I hope this isn't the end for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I still think he has plenty left in the tank. But I think for his storyline, I want to see him play other somewhere else other than Green Bay. Like, I think it would just add a different element there. I think it was Matt Verderam talking on Pat's show yesterday. Like, he'd be eaten alive by New York media if he was yeah, going there because yeah. they wouldn't be as accepting. But at the same time... Do you think the people were always so accepting of it in Green Bay? Like, no, they want uh, the Brett Favre type, you know, the guy that's more of the the nose of the grindstone. And I know Brett Favre has his own issues right now, but back yeah. when Brett Favre was the quarterback in Green Bay, it was all about football, man. I think Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, he doesn't really feel like he needs to talk football until he wants to. I think he'd much rather be away from the media, be on his own, and that's all fine because you know what? When you're a Hall of Fame quarterback – you just get the longer leash. I hate to say it if you're a guy that says, well, they need to be at the facility working and working and working. Well, I know Aaron didn't have the best of years, but he's also been one of the best quarterbacks of all time, of our of my generation at least, and he's done it <laughs> being a guy that is totally the opposite way. He goes against the grain of any single NFL quarterback, but it works for him. And if this thing works for him, who are we to judge? And I kind of sort of want him to retire just so I see what he'll do next. Here's the other thing. To go all the way back to the beginning of your story, why didn't we think of that? Why didn't we think that a teeny tiny little hut would be monetarily satisfying? Like people would be lined up. There's a waiting yeah. list. Hundreds to go of in people. This stupid little dark room. Why didn't we think of that? And the other question I want answered is what did he have to eat? That's I bet it was dying to know what they served him. I or, wish it said in the the article. My guess is I, I it's it has to be fitting, right? That it's like some tiny plate of something. Yeah, yeah, something a plant, like figs and dates, nuts and grapes, and yeah, maybe granola. Yeah, that's what I wanted it to be. All right, there's our stories of the week, brought to you by Derby Mattress, 105 South Baltimore. We need to get out of here. Come back, tell you about Twitter, and then headlines, and then we'll talk some college football prospects. The upcoming draft. All that straight ahead. It is 1253. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. 
on that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out, you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? <laughs> Now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Kansas City Steak Company, another AmericanEagle.com success story. Started in 1932 as a family-owned butcher shop, today they're a leading distributor of superior all-American steaks delivered right to your door, ready for the grill and your taste buds. When it came to their website, an average site wouldn't do. They chose AmericanEagle.com to take their website to the next level. With a dramatic increase in competition and a softening market demand, they had two challenges, improve their brand presence and message, and produce a positive return. AmericanEagle.com got to work and executed usable studies and detailed audits of site experience, digital assets, and marketing. The result, an integrated digital marketing and customer experience plan, organic traffic increase of 20%, and a long-term roadmap for success. If you love great steaks, go to KansasCitySteaks.com. For website design, development, and online solutions that bring efficiency and results, visit AmericanEagle.com. If you need a results-driven website, call the team at AmericanEagle.com at 877-WEBNOW-1. That's 877-WEBNOW-1. It's time for the KCAC postseason tournament semifinals as teams are one step away from Hartman Arena in Park City, Kansas, home to KCAC Championship Monday. Join me, Pat Strothman, for live play-by-play -play coverage of the road to Hartman Arena. Following K-State basketball on Saturday, we will have the women's basketball semifinals. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock on Wichita's Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. All right, welcome back. Short segment here. It's 12.56. Need to get some headlines here in a little bit. Need to talk to Thor Nystrom, NFL draft analyst. Who should the Chiefs take their first couple of picks? We'll ask him about that. And some risers and fallers from the Senior Bowl. He was there, down Mobile. And Combine's coming up. So we'll pick his brain on all things college football prospects slash NFL draft coming up about... 30 minutes from right now. Spring training games start today for the Royals. They play shortly after we're done here. They play the Rangers. Um, lineup's out if you want to get on Twitter and find out what it is. But on the uh, DraftKings app that I have, Las Vegas says the Royals over-under for wins this year is 69.5. So that's the topic of the Twitter question today. Uh, who you got? The options are 70 and 92, so I'd be right about where Vegas thinks they're going to be, 75 and 87, 60-something and 95-ish, or 100 losses. Jack, taking off your Royals-colored glasses and being for real, 
Which of those options would you say, or if you want to be even more precise, what's the Royals' record going to be? I think my best guess would be 73-89. and 89. Okay. Um, I want to go over that 70-win total. Uh, I, I think they go back to last year and how bad they were at every facet of the game, and they won 65. Like, yeah. To me, I feel like this team with different coaching, a little bit better pitching, more stability in the bullpen if they can stay healthy, yeah, I think 73 to 75 wins is about the mark here. Uh, I think sometimes fans get caught up in trying to trash on a team or hate on a team, and, and the Royals have had their fair share of 100 loss seasons. Do you know how bad you have to be to have 100 losses? I know it was only three less than last year, but go back to the 2018-2019 Royals. Do I need to go through the lineups for each of those teams, the starting rotation, the bullpen? Like, And what did they finish? Uh, they had they were 58-104. They were 58-104, oh, okay. and, okay. and I think 53, what was it? Yeah, 54-108, and 108, and then I think it was... Maybe it was they, fifty. They didn't, lose, they didn't lose one hundred ten. I think it was fifty eight and one hundred four, and then fifty nine and one hundred three. Twenty eight. Okay. 28, yeah. 22. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that is an unbelievably bad year, and they had multiple long losing streaks. Not saying it can't happen this year, but just go entertain yourself with with the coaching staff they had, uh, the pitchers they had, the bullpen, the everyday lineup one through nine. Like they were fielding, and the coaching staff this year that we're led to believe is going to make a huge difference, a big time difference. Bang, they keep banging that drum, and I'm uh, God bless you, good, but let's see it. Yeah, let's I, see it. I think also too the younger players project to be a lot better than last year's squad. It's it's a different philosophy. You have guys out there that go against the old Royals module, and mm-hmm. I think that that's going to help this team a lot. I think the pitching is going to be a lot more improved than it was last year. I think we're going to see uh, more of an analytical, data-driven approach, as John Sherman hammered in that point at his press conference when he fired Dayton Moore. Uh, I just would have more optimism with this team. There's going to go. There's going to be some frustrating times because the talent isn't all there yet, but I think from what we've heard this offseason into spring training, it's a group that really hit it hard at driveline. They're using a lot of video, a lot of different angles. They have different philosophies on how many pitches you should have, what pitches you should be throwing. And we've seen teams make big-time jumps when just having different coaches around their team. I mean, look at the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, They completely made a 180 flip last year. Not saying the Royals are going to be 86 and 76, but I'm saying it doesn't always take immense talent to turn a team around. You need the right coaching staff. You need the right development. You need the right philosophy. And I think the Royals are headed in the right direction. Call me an optimist. Call me biased. But I think it's better to do that than sit here and just think the team's going nowhere. They're going to be terrible. They're going to lose 100 games. If you're not entertained by the team, don't watch them. But I do think mm-hmm. this team's going to be a lot more entertaining, a lot more exciting, a lot more youth-filled than we've seen in years past. So far, 34, uh, 34% say 60-something and 95-ish. 32% say 70 and 92. 23.7% say 100 losses. And 10.5% say 75 and 87. We're right on top of the hour. The Can't Equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. Hour 2, straight ahead. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.